0: up, people, we're back. I'm back with my guy. Peace. What up? How are you doing? Good, good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Kind of tired today. Oh yeah. For some reason, I don't know. Wait. Hey. How you been? Um, I've been good. I've been good. Um little, like, relaxing period for me, the past days. Mm -hmm. Did not do much. Um, You know, spent some time relaxing, recharging. For some reason, I hurt my knee while I was playing basketball. That's not good. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, otherwise, I'm good. How are you? Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm good, good.
1: Uh, Really nice day Day today. Really decent day yesterday. We've had so much, like... Out of season, kind of cold, cloudiness, uh rainy type weather. So we had a nice break today. So we went to the uh went to the market today in the city, got some good local stuff, things like that.
0: I saw the lychee. Yeah, yeah, I just smashed like a whole pack of those. Yeah, yeah lychee's on this. Oh they're nice. They're no no, that's that's my like oh. it's like it's good. It's bad but good, you know? Like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Leaches are nice. I'm having, I'm having coconut water. You know, I, um, recently had a debate with someone saying that, uh, coconut water looks and tastes like human spit. And I was like, <laughs> what you talking about? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hold on. They were saying that? Yeah. I was, I was shocked. I was shocked. Oh. Uh, not gonna lie. I can kind of see so- that. I would say, I would say more so like blood plasma, but. We don't generally see that, so I could kind of see how they're saying that.
0: I don't know. I, I honestly can't understand how coconut water can like you. It, it can look like whatever it whatever you want, but it tastes amazing. Yeah,
1: that's what I think, I think they use. They use it for like tra- emergency transfusions and stuff like that.
0: I can try. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think they also did it in World War Two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's pretty true. So, yeah, so yeah. So what are we gonna talk about today? Do you have any anything in, in mind or are we just flow in as always? Uh yeah. Anything, everything, nothing. It's all the same.
1: Yeah, we yeah, wrap yeah. about whatever.
0: Wait, let me just let me just talk. Uh, type Pisted open family. talk. I already saw Ben. What up, Ben? Yeah, Mr Ben Houston. They got a dope garden uh going out their way.
1: They have. Yeah. He sent me some pictures. Oh, that's dope. Do you uh, do any? Huh? Do you do any? Gardening, Gardening, cultivating, anything like Um, that?
0: Um, like, we have a little thing in the balcony where we have, like, some some onions, but Mm -hmm. we actually don't. I wish we would, but my grandparents are big on it. Like, that's what they do. You know, my, my grandpa retired early, and, um... He bought some land in Turkey while it was uh, cheap, you know, because of the currency exchange. Mm -hmm. And uh, now he spends his retirement on that farm he bought. That's literally where I learned everything about gardening. Like Everything I know is where I I learned. But I know you do some. You do some, don't you? Yeah, we do some. uh, uh, I have like, we have a few friends
1: uh, that are really big into it. And we go out there and help with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do some here around the house, but that's, like, one of my next big, uh, like, stages in life, I would say, is really, like, getting back and, like, cultivating mm-hmm. land and things like that. Speaking of, that's the homie right there, Jake. That's one of the one of the homies I go help with.
0: Peace,
1: uh, Jake. What up, Jake? We got a link soon. I was just about to, I was going to text you today, so let's – we got a link soon. <laughs> what you drinking? Uh, Cleaver's. Cleavers and uh sour Cause we already have we've been doing melons, heavy melons, like you know, cantaloupe, honeydew, watermelon. Mm-hmm. So you already got your kidneys covered, you already got uh your diet natural diuretics going. So then uh with the kidneys open, that's a good time to really get that lymph moving. So with movement, with sweating, with things like that, you throw some lymph and uh I mean some cleavers in the mix and then you can really take full advantage of those kidneys already being open with the melons. That's good.
0: That's so really I always good. try to
1: I always try to combine like heavy melons, or if you have whatever access to like water-rich fruit you have, uh-huh. you already we already have one of the three steps. So then you just add some adaptogen herbs to it, and you add some lymph herbs to it, and you'll be getting like a full. You'll be uh you know, heightening uh deepening
0: your detox with those. Now that's good. That's always good. I actually like to do the, the, the opposite. Like, do you have the melons first and then go into uh, the herbs? That's what you uh,
1: do. Yeah, generally. Well, generally, yeah, I just sip on the herbs throughout the day. So usually I mm-hmm. have uh, melons first. Because I usually go, like, distilled water, key lime. And then I usually do either, like, fresh coconut or some type of juice. Or even if I don't have the juice, I'll go straight into a, uh, like, melon, watermelon or something like that. Like we've been having like half a water half a big watermelon like every day
0: since we've been out, uh since they've been back at the store yeah that's good that's really good i actually i i do the opposite to be honest like I like to start with either coconut water or again just water and then do the herbs if I do herbs mm-hmm. but yeah all right we we already have a question um Yo, that one is for you, man. You guys into eating mushrooms? Ben is asking. (laughs) What kind of (laughs) mushrooms?
1: Yeah, what kind kind of of mushrooms mushrooms are we talking about?
0: Yeah. Uh, If we're talking about culinary
1: mushrooms. (laughs) Okay. Uh,
0: If we're talking about culinary mushrooms, what do you think? Um, I think we're not speaking about the ones that you get in the grocery store. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Hold on. Oh, no. Yeah, he's talking about culinary ones. Okay. Um, well, hey, those are edible I pers- too. I- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I personally, um, I like to add mushrooms every now and then. It's like, for me, it's on the acid side. Um, that means it is healthy to a certain degree. Uh, if you have your fruits and vegetables covered. So I will have them maybe once or twice a week uh, with my veggies or something. That's why I use it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's how I – I don't go crazy with the mushrooms. Um, I like, like, medicinal mushroom powder a little more. So, like, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll mess with some, like, cordyceps powder, powder, reishi powder, powder, lion's mane, things like that. Uh, Yeah, lion's mane right there. I have some uh, changa and some lion's mane, um, like, tincture extracts. As far as, like, the culinary Mm -hmm. ones, just here and there. Uh, I'll put some in, like, a – Like, I'll soak some walnuts and kind of make, like, a raw, like, pate or meat. I'll do that. Uh, Here and there, throw them in a salad. But, yeah, I don't go crazy. Kind of like what you said. I might eat mushrooms, like, once or twice uh, a week or something like that.
0: Yeah. Pretty much the same. I like mushrooms on on pizza, though. Like, whenever I make, like, vegan pizza, always with mushrooms. Yeah. It's always a good idea. Oh, man. You know, tomorrow is – tomorrow is actually – a f- holiday for my family because my family is Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. Tomorrow is the end of the month of Ramadan. So it's, nice. like, it's like a mix of Easter and Christmas for Muslims. Mm. So I actually, I'm actually going into fest, like uh, holiday season tomorrow. Well, you know, the Western world goes in, in December. That's what I'm going through tomorrow. So you, I will have all the nice foods which you eat usually, which I don't <laughs> eat usually. Uh, I won't eat tomorrow. But that's the one big exception, isn't it? So yeah, very nice. I mean, very nice. Tomorrow's my tom- tomorrow's like what people would consider a cheat day. <laughs> Although I don't believe <laughs> in cheat days. Um. Yeah, saw well, Ben said that, yeah.
1: The wild ones for sure are definitely you know mo- what like anything way more potent, uh, way more nutrient rich. Uh, you know, just way more vital than anything. You know, a lot of mushrooms are grown in like. Um, they're, like, either inoculated on logs or they're, like, um, growing in, like, hay, these hay things that they hang mm. from the ceiling, things like that. But, yeah, if you, can, if you know which ones they are and you, you're able to different, di- differentiate which one you should eat and shouldn't, yeah, the wild ones are for sure the way to go with yeah, anything,
0: wild anything. True, true, true. I would be very careful with the mushrooms, though, because you have to be really sure, and they're really poisonous mm. mushrooms out there. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Go go with somebody who's done it who's been doing it for years. And yeah, knows the area and region and mushrooms, true. things like that. True, 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 true. Mushrooms are really dangerous because they're so potent. That's why they're so, uh, so good in helping you to achieve uh, different states of consciousness or as medicine, because they're so potent. But on the other side, they can be also very potent in, in, toxin, uh, in toxins. So be careful with the mushrooms, especially if you do wild foraging. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so we we don't have any questions actually, so we, can, we might just talk about anything Have so you ever heard what's... Have you ever heard about that book
1: uh, man it I was just listening to some santos too, and he brought it up. It's slipping my mind right now, but um it's the book talking about how essentially the whole biblical uh Jesus archetype is based around the uh sara mascada mushroom essentially and like the state or the trip that it puts you in, the experience that it puts you in. Yeah, it it breaks down like the history because there was a small small island like in Greece, like off the Mediterranean. And that's where this mushroom grew uh, wild and was like really known to grow there. And every year they they had this ceremony uh, and it was all based around the consumption like uh, kind of spiritual communion with this mushroom And that's where so much of the uh, like modern kind of tale of Christianity and things like that came from. Um, I have to like freshen up to like kind of know like the exact areas I'm talking about and things like that. But uh, have you ever heard anything about that? There's a book, a really well-known book about it. I just it's slipping my mind right now.
0: So wait wait what what's the book t- what's the book saying that you, the entire concept of Christianity is built upon a mushroom found in Greece that's what the book said? N-
1: not the no not the entire concept it's saying that uh the western kind of view of it was highly influenced oh, by these okay. people who were okay they you know they were taking ancient you know ancient teachings and they were kind of adding in their own communions with the sacred plant family and then from there it kind of went you know what I mean, kind of got piggybacked and kind of turned into, you know, what it is today or what now. But I'm talking more on, like, the esoteric level, not, like, exoteric okay. uh, Christianity. Okay,
0: okay. I haven't heard about it. I it's no When I
1: find the book, I'm going I'm to send it to you because I've, I've heard it a is few times. It just slipped my mind.
0: Is it history of religion?
1: I don't know. I'd have to, like, see the right, book. But it's, it. it's really Thank trippy,
0: you. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I haven't heard of it. But... The only thing that I know about Abrahamic religions is that they're highly influenced from East African or let's say overall African belief systems. Oh yeah, but I don't know. Inf- I'm influence? I mean,
1: almost. I don't. know. No, no, they're, they're based.
0: They're copied. Yeah, they're I- copied. Influence is right. almost a little light. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> it's definitely. It's definitely the wrong word. Um, because. Like, that's literally uh, gentrification, isn't it? You take something, you take something, you put your name on it, right? And that's a, that's a um, copyright issue. You can't get sued for that, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. You have the, whole, the, whole, the Holy Mary story. Um, that's 100% copied. Um, you have this concept yeah. of, a, of a devil, which is 100% co- copied. Uh, you have the different angels. That's copied. Um. Yeah, man, it's just, it's just definitely copied. No, influence. Influence is definitely the wrong word. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it's, sto- it's stolen. It's stolen. <laughs> um, There's
1: some really good books out there. Um, yo. The African Origins of Christianity. Um, I mean, it's some really good books. Uh, I have one of them. What's that one?
0: The Africans yeah, Wrote yeah, yeah. the Bible by Nana Banshee Darkwa. That book blew my mind. Like, it's, mm. it's a tough read. It's long because it's big. But this one blew my mind. And the Medu Nature, <laughs> also a good one. There's so many yeah. good books about the origins of, of religion and how the spirituality was stolen. And, um, uh, um, you know, you know what they did, right? They took sacred ceremonies and sacred symbols turned them around made the public believe that they're devilish and satanistic although these people on the top kept practicing it for the bad cause and um you know it's a very very interesting topic definitely you hear me
1: absolutely yeah the matter oh, yeah. i think that's what uh they're kind of tuned into that. Yeah, that's what Santos was talking about, the mana. I just forget the book, but yeah,
0: that's okay. what yes. you're on it.
1: I see people asking about uh, spirulina and
0: chlorella. What you think about that? Um, oh, yeah, I see that. What do you think of spirulina? Um, well, in the end, they're algae, isn't it? So um, I personally prefer chlorella over spirulina. Um, it's a personal choice. Chlorella grows... Or is, is is gets more sunshine. That's the only reason I like it more. It tastes also a little better. Has a little bit more fat, um, less protein than spirulina. Spirulina kind of reminds me always like from from the level of protein it, um, to, to eggs, and I don't like eggs, so that's why I, I like chlorella more. But both are really good algae so you can you can add to your diet to. to and one more thing, I wouldn't necessarily call spirulina and chlorella a supplement because they're still food. Um, so, yeah, very nice. But, you know, don't overdo it. Don't base your health upon it. Don't believe that just taking spirulina and chl- chlorella will change your life. Always focus on the foundation and get your overall diet right. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I use
1: those more as... Um, like, chelators, I don't use them so much, like, everyday kind of uh, nutrient yeah. supplementation. Not that they're not. It's just that um, um, I usually turn more towards, like, the uh, the herbal family or, like, yeah. uh, local plants, local greens, things like that. And I use those. It's just kind of, like, supplementers Like, let's say if I'm kind focusing of focusing in on, like, maybe, like, a heavy metal detox or something like that, those are great for those. Uh, but, yeah, I don't do them, like, on an everyday type thing. Uh, Not to say they're they're not good or anything. I just try to, um, I don't want to focus too much on, like, things that are, like, so far outside of my region. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I I mean, there's obviously going to be some. Like, we don't have coconut trees here, and we never will. But so you have to lean for some. But we do have super potent, mineral-rich herbs, and we do have, you know, like, your lamb's quarters and your purslane and things like that. So I try, when I can get those type of things, superfoods here, I try to get it. And then the things that I just absolutely can't get, then I use those. Mm. So, that's why, like, uh, yeah, I I try to, like, you know, local green juices and things like that. That's why I get a lot of my, like, chlorophyll and things like that.
0: That's important. That's important. And, you know, I think I saw some some questions about chlorophyll as well. Uh, Yeah. There was somebody asking, um, what do you think of ingesting chlorophyll? So, if you want to get chlorophyll, they're literally... Just a few options for you. So best version would be that you eat your chlorophyll with the fiber, with, in best case, with some fat. Um, So in terms of salads and stuff, um, actual chlorophyll is better digested if you combine it with some oil or some avocado, you know, that kind of stuff, or olives. Um, That's the primal and first source of chlorophyll for you. Then you can turn into something like a green juice, which would make it a little better, Um, or your spirulina, chlorella, which is also very high in in chlorophyll. And the next step would be supplementation, like these liquid chlorophylls. You know, have you ever used them? Like these? No, I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I have I have those for for traveling, right? Because I know that when you're traveling, you might not get be able to get um the right foods so that is just something that i like to turn to when i'm traveling however whenever i take the liquid chlorophylls i tried uh, two different brands my eyes start to tear and burn as if like acids coming out of my eyes so hmm. that was for me the signal right and i, I bought like the, i bought the two best ones um which i could find and that's also always a signal and symbol for me that you know in the end that's also processing of food and it won't be as healthy and as good for your body because of the uh processing and conservation of that food right you extract the chlorophyll mm. out of the plant and the moment you extract it it loses its potency and can become acidic because you concentrate it right it can become toxic so um when you're ingesting chlorophyll i wouldn't do that on a regular basis Definitely not. Always stick to your whole foods, which have the, um, you know, intelligent design to it, which is not designed by humans. Um, That's the primal source. And other than that, you can take the liquid chlorophyll every every once in a while. I personally don't like it. If you can do it, do it. But I wouldn't necessarily rely on it on a daily basis as if like it's like a necessary supplement or something. Mm-hmm. For sure. Agree. <laughs> Alright, um... Can... I, wait, Laliquo underscore one. You look like a bot. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the bot-free zone, so we need to verify that you're not a bot. Where are you from? Before I answer that question, where are you from? Who are you? How many fingers out do I hold? <laughs> yeah, I saw you posting about that the other day. Yeah... <laughs> Man, bots getting crazy. All right. Um mean in the meanwhile, let's get this question. Kombucha, is it good for you or not? I think we have that question quite often. Let's cut it short. What do you think? Yeah.
1: Um, um it just all depends. Um I see kombuches more so as like kind of a, a resetter. If a resetter to our little time span where you may have been eating some things that might have disrupted your digestive Uh, flow and system and things like that, Um, I wouldn't depend on it. I would depend on your own natural gut flora, the foods that give you the prebiotics and natural probiotics and things like that, you know, focus on your natural gut flora. And then if, you know, here and there, like you might need a kombucha tomorrow after the festivities, things like that, that's where kombucha kind of comes into play. Not so much on like a, a daily basis type thing. All
0: right. Oh, that's a good one. Um... Yeah, he said he's legit.
1: <laughs> uh, good. Um, I'm working more so with uh, like Pythagorean natal charts right now, because I'm more so in the numerology. Uh, kind of letting my um, like astrology-based natal chart uh, kind of knowledge and information uh, kind of mm-hmm. build up more. So like, I'm just taking the astrology because there's so much to it, uh, so much depth to it. Uh, But right now, I'm working more so in the, uh, like, Pythagorean natal charts. So, like, numerology-based natal charts is more so what I'm working in right now. Given the fact that, like, even when it comes to, like, astrology, um, I mean, you can kind of go back and forth, but the numbers are still almost more universal, more of a universal thread, even with the astrology, just given the fact that, Even your natal chart is based off the numbers of your birth date and even the time in which you were born are so, so vitally important for a proper astrology reading. So Uh I just kind of move more so to the numerology first, kind of build that base and then add in the astrology uh, more so on the back end. But, yeah, if you're interested, uh, yeah, if you want to, you know, interested in that, want to play around with that, uh, yeah, I can do some uh, Pythagorean NATO charts, send you some information over.
0: Always check the other page, Third Eye Magic, for sure.
1: And I'll I'll be merging a lot of stuff coming soon, you know, because this is plant-powered soul. Like, that was all, even from the beginning, my whole intention was never to necessarily be, like, real strict kind of black and white just eat this and Mm -hmm. you'll be healthy you know what I mean like that's true to an extent but there's so many different levels and facets like that may help you uh, optimize your physical plane but what about the mental plane and the spiritual plane and the you know what I mean the etheric and the astral and all, all these things work together to form who you are so I've always wanted to keep it like holistic
0: true 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 that's good that's so important that people like that you understand that on this journey of personal health, you have to work on every single um, aspect of your vitality. So the classic body, mind, spirit, um, differentiation, differentiation, and many, 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 many um, points of views in this realm of, of health focus on the physical, you oh, man, wait, I cannot take this anymore. Um, many, many uh, people focus on the physical health, right? They focus on the nutrients. They almost make you fear that you lack nutrients and stuff, but that is a problem because you have to work on every single area of your overall being to understand that the nutrients, the tangible material things that you're exposed to and that your body needs aren't as important as the other things, right? Mental Mm -hmm. calmness, peace, and spiritual alignment are equally if not more important than physical health because you can create your own reality if your will is strong enough if you're aligned enough so always and always understand that this all is a spiritual mine. exactly all is mine that this is what spiritual. Can, what can manly p hall say he said um a sick mind
1: even in the healthiest body will eventually destroy the body like you know True. what i mean like sure. and when There's we no see that body, you know what i'm saying yeah yeah. Um, I mean, okay. what, did, what, did, what did they teach in ancient Kemet and prior to that Hippocrates later said that, you know, if you don't have a thorough understanding of the stars, you don't have a right to call yourself a physician. You know what I'm saying? Dr. Africa said that in his book as well. Like, it's all holistic. The reason we're in such a health crisis today is because we fragmented everything and we literally just think, you know what I mean? Even when you get sick, like, oh, you need to go to this specialist who says something different than this specialist, not knowing that both parts of that body are interconnectedness and you can't really divide either up. You know what I mean? It's that type of mm. w- just classic Western reductionist, you know, allopathy type thing.
0: Sure. Holistic. Um, all right. Next question. Would you recommend picking dandelions from consumption in a city environment? That's a really good question. That's a really, um, really good question.
1: Yeah. It would It would just depend. I mean, it would depend on uh, like that specific area of where uh, like something like a dandelion or like a burdock and things like that, you know, um, a lot of these things that cleanse the body can also sort of cleanse the environment as well. So in the same way that like a dandelion and burdock can kind of collect toxins and get them out, they can do the same thing in their environment as well. So in a toxic environment, um, let's say like maybe next to like an industrial type place where you might have some pollution and things like that, the burdock and the dandelion and your yellow docks, they're going to be they're going to be filled with much more of those type of toxins because they're doing their job cleansing and things like that. So, uh, I mean, when it comes to like a city. I would kind of look at it like if there was a garden right here, would I want to eat from it? You know what I mean? Mm. Um, Maybe just like a random one on the side of like a busy street or something like that. Probably not. If you're more like within a lot, kind of away from those things and you're like, well, if there was a garden right in this spot, I wouldn't have a problem eating from it. Then I would do that. So, you know, always just kind of take heed. Um, You know, there might be people, uh, you know, dumping stuff off, you know, trash off the side, things like that. Those are the ones you would want to avoid, but more so in a yard or, you know, in with, you know, a lot of cities have these lots that are super like literally like nature, mini nature preserves where there's all types of wild things growing within these different lots. Um, you know, those are obviously going to be a lot more safer or more safe. Fully agree.
0: Fully, fully agree. But in general, like the w- city forage... Um, dandelions are still better than the ones that you get from a farm or something which is uh, yeah. you know treated with pesticides and stuff because herbs are in particular potent because they develop these protective mechanisms against um you know parasites, bacteria, insects, and stuff that's why herbs are so potent because they have high, highly uh toxic effects on smaller animals that's why we can use it as medicine for us because they're so high in these uh, protective chemicals. Mm. So yeah, definitely go for that. Um There we go. What do you know about the earth's chakras? Yo. Uh I'm not going to lie. I have no idea. I just know <laughs> that when you when you follow the Nile um you have uh, when you when you look at um, what is it? Uh, which city was it? Somewhere in Egypt. That must be like the heart chakra, if I'm not mistaken. But they're like I have to be honest. I don't know. I shouldn't. I shouldn't talk. Do you know something about that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm familiar with uh, like ley lines. Okay. Like I've uh, watched and read some things on ley lines. So we're like sort of like if we look at Earth. Not so much as like an innate kind of Darwinian, just dead ball of some molten lava. If we move away from that and we look at Earth as a, uh, you know, we tap into the principle of correspondence and we see the as above, so below, and we see Earth as an intelligent, uh, you know, essentially living being, uh, then it would start to make much more sense that there are natural meridians, there are natural chakra centers, there are natural ley lines in which energy travels uh, mm-hmm. We see that with a lot of the uh, sacred sites throughout the world, like the ancient people were tapped in and they knew exactly mm-hmm. where, like you don't put, you don't put the pyramids of Giza anywhere. You don't put what the Aztecs, you, those aren't random spots. They knew exactly where to put these things because they lined up and they corresponded uh, with energy centers in the celestial bodies that reflected down on energy centers of the earth as well. So that's why, you know, you see Orion's belt tied up to the uh Uh, to Giza you can go to the Aztecs and at one specific minute of the year during this equinox the the sun shines through this one little peephole and lights all the you know like that's very very specific of why things are where they're at um and the people you know let's just call them the manipulators the manipulators of this society they know these spots too that's why you put and they they distort these spots they put slaughterhouses on these ley lines they put different uh, churches and um, government uh, mockeries, like let's say like the Washington Monument, the uh, 660 foot, 666 spots on purpose to disrupt that natural energy flow and leverage it and use it for a distorted means. So I don't know necessarily like the exact like modern cities and where these different chakras would be, but just based on what I know of just, like, the body and the stars, like, yeah, it would, it would just make obvious sense. You know, we have energy centers. Earth has energy centers. The celestial bodies, they have energy centers as well. And that's probably where sure. a lot of the ancient cities and gathering points and things like that, you know, when we talk about different places in Kemet and throughout Central America and Asia and places like that, that's why they went to those spots and built up where they built them up at. true, sure,
0: true, sure, true. Sure, true. Sure. All right. Um That's the question which we got from our little bot friend. <laughs> <laughs> um can alkalosis occur by eating predominantly alkaline forming foods, if not how does this occur? Um uh-uh. Well, alkalosis is a acute, was it acute um uh increase in your blood ph right and that's extremely dangerous so um i don't know how this occurs but i don't think that food can cause that yeah it would be Um, like if you were personally drinking like
1: bleach and baking soda something like that could cause like an unnatural alkalosis whole food plant-based, like there's, there's buffering systems within the food and those yeah. foods are already so close to the uh, neutral seven. Anyway, they're just the whole food, plant-based foods are generally just barely slightly alkaline. They're not nine, 10, 11, 12, you know, mm-hmm. these artificial alkaline waters, like the foods in nature, the Kangen. No, like, I mean, if you were, if you got put on an IV, of vacant, yeah, if you got put on an IV of bleach and baking soda, yeah, you could go into alkalosis. Naturally eating fruits yeah. that are already have their buffering systems, no, it's it's going to keep you around that sweet spot, right around like, like uh, the, where the blood is at. Just you know, just lightly over six, seven, it's not gonna it's not gonna bring you to like the to 14 type range, anything like that. As you can see, the foods that you weigh much lower than we need to be are the official unnatural food so you would have to do something super artificial and unnatural to swing
0: and go to the alkalosis side as well exactly so when people you, you have to understand that um the ph levels in which we measure um they're logarithmized, right so they're altered so a step from seven point not one to seven point two is actually a big step right it's not something that is very very small and narrow so that you you have to like fuck up big time <laughs> to get to the point where you 're in alkalosis and that's why the um the blood um, uh, what's it uh, le- the blood levels of the blood pH levels are so narrow I think like seven point three five to seven point four five that's where the blood has to be for you to survive. Anything above that or below that is acutely dangerous. You can die within a day. So um, you 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 would have to drink bleach and that kind of stuff, like Taylor mentioned, to mess that up. But naturally, you don't. You just don't. <clears throat> All right. Um...
1: That's kind of in alignment with the whole... Um... <laughs> not not i'm talking about it in general i'm not talking about the person that posted that it just kind of made me think about this the whole like um fear of being like too healthy or like someone yeah. who's never worked out in their life and it's like ah, but i don't want to get too big and must. it's like yo it doesn't it does not work like that like <laughs> yeah we need to focus our our main focus will be getting back to balance and like uh, you're not going to get too healthy trust me in this environment you're not going to get too healthy. Like, don't worry about that. Worry about the other side, being an acidosis and True. disease and all that. That's, that's the main focus and worry for sure. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah, man. Just imagine you're trying to, with good eating, you're trying to overcome all the stresses in your environment, not only the food. Mm-hmm. Food is just like the, the one thing that you can control the easiest, right? Mm. Apart from meditation and breath work, let's say. So, If your food is right, like we do, for example, on a very regular basis, you're still living in an environment with high, low frequency radiation. You're still living in an environment with many people not being happy, which are draining, which are like vampires and parasites sucking from your energy. Um, You're living in an environment where the air is polluted, right? So good eating does not do much. It does a little bit, but it does not do much. So don't worry about being too, in this symbolical manner, too alkaline. We're in a very, very, very hot acidic uh, environment here. So the more you work on your good side, on your cold side, your feminine side, the better it is right now because you're just in such a uh, hot environment. And with hot, I mean acidic in in uh, in this case. So, right. There's another question by my guy, G Socks, who changed the profile pic. I saw that you came in without a profile pic. I saw that. <laughs> um, is it important to eat food from the country you're living and born in? Now that is a really good question. That is a really good question. So what's your take on that? Because I think that we agree on this highly and we think that this is a very important point. Vitally, vitally yes, important. Um, <laughs>
1: Um, and I would say why is because, because, one well, I mean, there's a few reasons, but one of the main reasons is that there is there's an intelligence between organism and its environment. So mm-hmm. the foods you eat in a particular area, they have an understanding of... pathogens and different germs and even like on the virus level like they move what's around that area and that those are the same things you come into contact with on the regular so by eating those things you naturally form a uh a much stronger defense and immunity and things like that of what you're going to come across in that area you know a lot of people say that a big reason that um uh, one of the One of the reasons why there 's such a jump in the allergies and things like that is because we eat so much food from areas that we would have had to naturally slowly gradually walk into versus like I can just get something from China in I can go to the mm. store right now and get some food from china and it 's like well i 've never been in that environment, my body hasn 't been in the pollinators that I eat from that uh, pollinate the plants that I eat have never been to China, so there 's a difference in those so it's not saying in this global marketing economy, you might not, you know, you might get some quinoa, things like that. But when you can, especially like during these uh, farmer's market seasons and things like that, especially anything you can grow, most definitely eat the foods local native indigenous to your area. And that's going to help the people of that area. And then you have the whole, you have the whole economic and pollution side of shipping things in. And, you know, you have that whole side as well, but, Yeah, on the health side, it's the intelligence of the food and the organisms of that uh, region.
0: True, true, true. And one more thing, which I think is important, is that the more you focus on growing your own food in your own area, the more you realize how difficult it is for you to survive in a cold environment. Like, it's really difficult. Like, if I wouldn't get my quinoa and my, uh, you know, my fruits my herbs from from more tropical regions i wouldn't be living here so long or you know the way i live because i would rely on i would rely on other things which would be actually healthier for my environment because my body is actually in the environment i feel the weather i feel the climate and therefore i crave certain foods right so um, that's another important aspect and i think if we stop like shipping stuff so much and and focusing on on, on getting the food instead of relative food, like uh, stuff that grows around us, we would more so build our economies and our uh, economic, let's say powerhouses in more warmer regions where we can actually thrive and flourish.
1: Do you think um, this is kind of, a because since it's an open talk, it's kind of a verge, but it's kind of based off what you just said. Do you think that throughout our existence for the most part, do you think the regions have always been like this or do you think there were more like paradisical, whatever the word is type times where it was more like a garden of Eden, essentially almost everywhere. You know what I'm saying? That type of thing. Cause I've heard some people talk about, there were times where like there weren't these deserts and there weren't these Arctic tundras and, mm. and like there's literally was flourishing and there was abundance and things. The temperatures were way different and more stable everywhere and things like that. Do you think we're kind of like going through a cycle right now where we have the contrast of things versus there's other cycles where things are more holistic and kind of in tune with each other?
0: Um, I, I, I don't have the evidence to support that necessarily, so you cannot debate what I'm going to say. You can debate what I'm going to say because I simply like the facts. But from what I understand is that the Earth goes, goes through cycles, right? Um, temperature drops, temperature increases, and I totally believe that there was a point where you would have larger land masses with green flora and fauna. Uh, you would have less, uh, you know, glaciers, less ice, less deserts. I mean, like just 10,000 years ago, uh, well, sorry, 12,000 years ago, um, you had the majority of the African continent being green. You had no desert, yeah. no Sahara, for example, right? Let's I mean, just they say assume- Kemet
1: was like jungle sort of like jungle based and you know the animals they had depicted there they're not there today but how are they depicting them if they weren't similarly oh. around there at the time and le- i mean i know you could travel but from some of no, the things a- that they're saying it's almost like it was more of a flourishing type greenery based than it was always just kind of like a barren barren type desert you know what i mean
0: um well when it comes to come Kemet- the thing is that many people assume that it's just narrowed down to just the Northern area, which is now Egypt, right? Kemet was big, like all of Sudan, almost down to like, like even Kemet is highly influenced from Central America. So the people were always communicating with the entire continent, although it's like the Eastern part. Um, however, um, like there was this like, a slow shift from 12,000 years ago. That's when like in the biblical text. Um, this whole flood situation occurs for some reason. Um, so, back to your question, I definitely believe that there was a time where more areas on this earth were green. So, everything was you know, almost subtropical let's say until until where we live, like the northern areas of, of the earth. But, we also had an ice age, which is the quite opposite. So, where you have the majority of the planet being covered in ice. So it just appears to me that we're going through these phases and we're right now in some kind of a middle phase, isn't it? Like we have both, Um, it's quite cold in like 50% of the, uh, no, not 50%, let's say 20, 25% of the uh, total earth mass. It's very cold, it's very European. Uh, It's not even Mediterranean, but like where we live. And the rest is either hot and dry but just a very small percentage is actually very tropical we have large uh high high amounts of humidity and high high temperatures so Mm. i definitely believe there was like other cultures which were more flourishing what's your take two
1: two more kind of off 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 you know let's just go like out there have you ever seen any uh information on like um like the giant trees that they say used to exist, sort of like an avatar type thing. Like where they say like the redwoods in California used to like be like the size of like baby trees. And there used to be trees that would literally like, I mean, literally almost be like cloud level type canopy of trees mm-hmm. and things like that. Have you ever seen any information on that? Um, I saw it. That even I some tell- of the plateaus, tell- yeah,
0: you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some hear, of the hear, plateau,
1: like, like devil's tower they say is an ancient tree stump that just got uh you know silicate
0: or yeah tiamat mm. type thing yeah you know what you ever um, seen anything on that i have never i have never seen about it i've never read about it but i felt it um when i was in ethiopia right i was in the jungle and i i could i could swear that when i when i was when i was there and touching the like the uh, what, what's these swing, swing trees? What, what are they calls, uh, called in, in English? You know, the, the Tarzan. I, yeah, we just say like vine. Okay, let's call it vine. I'll, um, <laughs> so I, I don't even know. There's one specific term in German. Um, so w- when I was playing around there, it literally felt as if the entire jungle was connected to one like to one center point. I didn't know mm-hmm. what it was, it was just an intuition. And I'm going to, I'm going to canopy, maybe. Um, and I, I'm going se- to tell you this. When I entered this, this jungle, I wanted to take videos and photos like every other tourist. However, I felt as if something, that sounds totally weird and strange, but as if something was telling me I shouldn't. And that's why I did so I definitely believe there is something like that, although I have no idea. Like, I have no information about it, but that's just my take on it. What do you you think? Yeah, like, I definitely, kind of like, even if you look at,
1: like, a Hilton Hotima, how he says that man kind of has descended to this point, even the energy we consume is very condensed, and how he talked about there were times where it was literally just breatharianism, and it would make Mm. sense that in an environment like that, when you tripled and quadrupled, the oxygen levels and things like that, it would make sense that we could get so much energy from just the ether. If there's literally trees a thousand, you know, thousands of feet, you know, high, like just imagine what even just what that would be like, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I mean, even just looking at some of the, uh, some of those towers, man. And like, I mean, there's, there's some crazy theories out there. Like I don't necessarily prescribe to any of them, but just, entertaining them like just pause your mind for a second and just entertain it like just what if it you know just late night it's like like what if this was true um All yeah right. i mean i mean some very trippy things to it uh yeah we can talk about like the giant uh trees um have you ever seen i was going to ask about comet have you ever heard about that there was a a new nucle- sort of like a nuclear or sort of like a high technology battle between like uh, northern and southern that ended up yeah. creating the yeah. desert cuz they were they're saying like the heat that it would cause to form this crystalline desert can only happen at such extremes that naturally it wouldn't occur. It was almost like a nuclear type bomb or radiation occurred that sort of fried and classified essentially this environment to this desert that we see it as today. Like have
0: you ever ever seen people talk about that as well? Um the thing is that, well, there was, there was a big battle, um, but that's also something you see in every single culture, like this entire scenery where you have two big, uh, two sides, and they create a big devastation upon earth. Um, and I actually saw inscriptions, so Medunature when I was in Wossett, in, 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 in so Karnak, where this big battle was like engraved in like a giant wall um but I, I actually have no evidence about having an atomic war or something. You know what I mean so you could you could argue about it. you could uh, make up points, which is great um but it 's not something that i can I can necessarily prove right you of course have like stones which are cut laser la- almost like a laser uh, you have battery looking like uh stones like how did these people carve that but from all the um, evidence that I've seen, it did not include indigenous storytelling. So it was always mm-hmm. like Americans or Europeans come in and, you know, looking at the facts without really um, investigating what the ancient people and the indigenous people were saying. So I kind of discredit these these theories because they're not considering the, uh, you know, indigenous knowledge and wisdom. But mm-hmm. I've heard about it. Yeah. So I don't know. I honestly don't know. What's your take on it? What's your take on it? What What did you hear? Um, yeah, it's just
1: one of those things. Uh, just kind of, um, you know, just entertaining different thoughts, entertaining Mm. different ideas about things. Um. Yeah, as far as like, uh, you know, the exact, you know, exactly which way did it go? I don't know if we'll ever essentially know in this realm, at least, you know, we may be able mm. to tap in and kind of put, but in this realm, everything is divisional. You know, truth is scattered all about. So we have to kind of piece things together like a puzzle. Um, But yeah, for the most part, um, I just think it's very entertaining. I definitely think there's been cycles. I don't think the earth has been like this forever and there's been these, uh, you know, highly highly uh, populated tempered regions where you know you had large amounts of people going through um um you know different um you know winters and blizzards and all these types of things because mm. i mean e- even in recent history like around here it talked about uh you know a few hundred years back how the mississippi was aligned with these different uh sort of like tropical type fruit trees and that uh like this america is actually the origin of bamboo not so much like a tropical what we would think like a top tropical asian type things um and you know there were panda bears here and things like that so i mean it would make sense that there were times where the earth's environment was more homogenized into like kind of kind of sort of like a not biblically but symbolically like a garden of eden type things you know what i'm saying um and then maybe uh During this shift, you know, kind of like an Ice Age type thing. During this shift, you would have populations that would kind of get cut off and kind of locked into these colder regions and things like that. And then that kind of opens up the whole, like, Iceman inheritance type theory, how that can change the psychology of people coming in and out of those uh, regions and things like that.
0: That's kind of my take. (laughs) Wait, sorry, it's not about you. It's about melody. (laughs) Yo, yo. <laughs> All right. Um. Um. Yo, that's Matt. That's Matt. Not gonna lie, but yeah, man. That's interesting topics. Like whenever I speak about whenever we speak about theories, um, they're theories. Um, and I personally, I personally, um, whenever you have like, for example, um, wait, you you can see me? Yeah, okay. Um whenever um it comes to these you know alien theories or these advanced technology theories, it's almost as if like only the um you know only Europeans come up with these things, and the indigenous stories are always a little different so yeah, I'm just careful, but I entertain different thoughts, one hundred percent I'm open to everything yeah um I just. i would advise that for everyone everyone like i
1: mean literally like monthly go into a realm where like normally you're totally opposed to and just hear it out even if even if only to formulate a better um debate against it like still go into these realms just just to like keep you sharp you know what i mean because there may be there may be a one slight little piece in there that's like man i though 99 percent of it i'm not really with that one percent is very strong and that can sort of you know start linking things together so definitely don't get like, steadfast in any one area you know what i mean like i want to hear what the uh meat dairy egg industry like i want to hear their cutting edge not that i follow it but it just it helps me understand the holistic game better when i can just kind of see where they're coming from and see where people following that are coming from and things like that like don't get into the super divisional Hegelian dialectic of it's just this versus that. And I don't want to hear anything like that's not like we said, like truth has been scattered throughout here. And like our job is to kind of piece things together through Mm. all different, uh, you know, all different avenues and areas of life and things like that.
0: 100%. 100%. Man, this, uh, (laughs) first of all, it's going crazy in the comments right now. (laughs) 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 This, um, that's wild. Um, but, yeah, man. Always have an open mind. Always listen. Um, always... Like, the only reason why I want... Why I know what I know is because I tell myself that I know nothing. Right? Um, so, I'm curious about everything. About every single uh, angle on, on, on how you can see life and how you can look at certain things. And I'm, I'm eager to change. Like, I'm not entitled to my standpoint now, tomorrow. Right? So, um... Yeah. Wild. All right. I think we have another question. Have you heard of this? Whatever. I have no idea what the well is. Do you know? mm I mean, I've heard
1: of just okay. different Um. kind of like our whole... I mean, I've heard just different things about the pyramids that... I mean, you have to think about, like... Think about where we're getting this information from, who got there, who got there first, who... Mm who kind of scavenged it first and then came Hmm. back to like uh, a board meeting, put the information together and then gave it out to the public. You know what I mean? Like those are very, very controversial and interesting things uh, because, you know, the first people to get in there and get the most vital information and take out, extract the most vital pieces. They are also the ones who essentially formulate the ideas that we have around it. You know what I mean? You go to school and a pyramid was just a, um, is it just a extravagant tomb, essentially. That's what everyone learns in school. And it's like, just mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm not saying there's not tombs there, but I just don't know if all that, you know what I'm saying? There's so much more to it that we haven't even scratched the surface on as far as, like, what we were talking about earlier, these being, like, uh, energy meridians, these being, mm-hmm. you know, there's people out there who say they're tied mm-hmm. into, like, interdimensional travel and things. Like, there's mm-hmm. so many things that go on with these being, like, essentially, like, elevator-type uh, transportation type places where you can go to different parts of the world like i'm not saying that's what i believe i'm saying that's what people just other ideas that they say about these things so uh yeah i've heard a lot of people say it's not so much about the pyramid it's what's under the pyramid and you know that's a lot of what's not normal people don't have access to you know what i mean either they've been just totally lied about or just blocked off or things like that so that's kind of what i've you know what i'm saying uh yeah you know those are just some of the things that i've entertained about it i don't necessarily have a take as to exactly what I think it is, but, you know, I just kind of like hear it all out. Yeah, um, that's kind of exactly what Ben's saying. Like they won't they won't let people go to those, so they've seen those certain areas and they've decided that no, the people can't see. It's just like, why does the Vatican have six or seven miles of ancient hidden information and documentation under there that are guarded 24-7, 365 in mm-hmm. vaults that no one can, like imagine, imagine what some of that stuff is saying imagine how that would change our entire look on history and the timeline of man and what different stages we've been through from Atlantis to Lemuria, you know, just all these different things. Mm. So, like, that's why I'm saying it's so important not to get locked into any one type of idea that you have about even just when it comes to existence. Like, you have to be flexible enough to know that, man, something might come out tomorrow that shakes all my stuff up to where I have to literally restructure how I think about everything. Like, you have to be open enough. And willing enough to be like, if if that happens and that happens, like I'm not going to hold on to that egoic type, this is what I believe, and I'm just going to still like you have to be able to be be like water, essentially, you know what I mean, you have to be like water, so yeah, I mean that's exactly kind of what we were talking about, it connecting to different um you know halls of dimension, it being kind of like an interdimensional type transport system, like I've heard about I heard people talk about that as well, so I'm not exactly sure, but i don't put I don't put it past their mm. intelligence and their ability to, to do such a thing.
0: Definitely. Definitely, definitely. It's an interesting, it's an interesting topic. And people... They f- like, when, you, when you think of Egypt, you overfocus focus on, on the pyramids. But let me tell you this. When I was there, the pyramids were amazing. And the energy I felt in the pyramid were, was incredible. But the real magic is in the temples. Right? So when you're in Luxor, for example, man... That's crazy. Like, if the interdimensional travel happen, that must be in the temples because that's where the energy was, is really high. Um, mm-hmm. And Ben mentioned something with connecting to the halls of humanity. The halls of humanity, for everybody who doesn't know, is the, um, the under, like, literally the underworld, like, where you go when you uh, get judged for your final judgment. So if your heart was lighter than the feather, if it was lighter then you had a good life and you go into the afterlife, if not, um, you get punished. Um, so that's the Hall of Amenti and the pyramids, they might be a connection to it, but given the fact that the big pyramids, they have no Medunecha, so hieroglyphics on it, that makes it quite difficult to believe that that was actually a spiritual site for these people, because whenever you have a spiritual site, you have Medunecha so hier- hieroglyphics on the walls, and these buildings they just don't, which is that's absolutely That's though, think about
1: that that's, that's weird. That's what, but we're talking about